Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible, and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to the Abundant Women Collective Podcast. I am so excited that you are here with us. And today I have my friend Lemon Price here with me. And Lemon, after earning her master's in marketing and journalism, she quickly rose through the ranks of the business world, joining the C-suite at just 26 years old and helping clients achieve eight-figure sales in just 10 months. She then started her own marketing agency, which she ran until God called her to focus on his ministry and calling. Now, Lemon focuses on helping women in marketplace ministry and their ministry at home. Her warm personality and deep faith make her the perfect mentor for Christian women looking to use their gifts to glorify God. Amen, sister friend. Welcome. Thanks for having me, friend. Today, we are going to be talking about a few things. We're going to hear a little bit about Lemon's story, which is impactful, but then we're also going to hear about the vision that the Lord has given her for this season um, and how you can show up and be a part of that season as well. So let's jump in. Uh, Lemon, tell us about yourself. I will just start at the beginning because that feels like the best place to start. So I grew up in New Jersey. I live in the deep South now. Um, but I grew up in New Jersey in an anti-Christian household. Um, I remember my mom very frequently saying that Christians were intellectually inferior to me and all these things, right? Cause I was a super nerd and we can, I will get into that in a second. Um, I've always been a super nerd. And so I was super ridiculed as a kid because I remember being 10 telling my family, I was going to move to the South. I was going to marry uh, like a Southern Christian man, we were going to have children. They were going to play on the football team. Like that was like my little vision for life. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I actually met my husband in church, which I think is so cliche. My, I'm like, it does not get more cliche than meeting your husband at church. Like I was serving in the youth. He was on the worship team. And I was like, this, yeah, but I are. love him. I love yeah. him so much. And <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's how I like, I got, you know, how I found Jesus basically. Like I knew this was what I was supposed to do. I grew up in a super dysfunctional household and, um, my parents split shocker. I know for everybody, the anti-Christians split up, but my neighbors, they've been married like 40 ish years. I, I cannot remember how old their oldest is, but I'm going to, we're just going to rough estimate there. Um, but their marriage is so strong and their faith is so strong and their children have like these really strong marriages and really strong faith and their kids have really strong faith. And so when I was in graduate school, my neighbor came over and she invited my grandmother to a Bible study first. And my grandmother was like, Matt, I'm not interested. She had a really bad experience um, when she lost her son in like the sixties. So she, she's very anti-church organized church. 
Um, but she was like, come to, she invited me. She was like, why don't you come? And I was like, uh, I'm like, good. You know, I'm in graduate school. I'm like working full time. Like I really truly do not have the time. And then she was like, well, I'll feed you. And I was like, okay, well, I'm very interested Uh, in this. Sign me up because she makes incredible food. And I was like, sign me up. There was always leftovers. Like it was wonderful. And I went and when you walked into her home, like, and it's always been this way. Well, when you walk into her home, like it just feels different. It feels like a sanctuary from the outside world. Um, The minute you close your door, you're like, I feel very safe. Right. And and it just feels different. And I say to her all the time, and if she ever listens to this, she's going to laugh. But I tell her all the time, like the spirit is so strong with her husband too, that like this man could read ingredients off of a cereal box. And I would feel the spirit when he speaks. Like (laughs) it's just so strong. Like this man and I always told her growing up, I'm like, I just want to marry him. A hus- like, I want a husband like your husband. And he, they like laugh about it. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, give me whatever <laughs> your husband's doing. That's what I want in mine. And thankfully that it is what I have in mind. But it was just, you just felt a different spirit there. And um, I was like, whatever you guys have is what I want, right? Like, again, I grew up in dysfunction. And so I was like, I want what you have. And they were like, well, it's the gospel. It's the only reason our marriage is strong. Like we have an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. That's why it's strong. And I'm like, sign me up. If Jesus yeah. can do this for families, I'm in. Like, sign me up. I love that. Because you want what you didn't have, right? Like the opposite. Yeah. Oh, and Jesus can do that for families. <laughs> we right? are living for It's so funny because my husband grew up too. And um, he grew up Southern Baptist and then dabbled in like paganism. And um, he like knows some Satanists and things like that. And so he grew up very different, right? Like, and then the fact that we met at church. And things like yeah. that, like that just doesn't even make sense. And so I'm like, we do not make sense as you know, like only God could do this. And then Jesse, we would like talk about this all the time, but the way we treat our kids is 0% like the way we were treated as kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's so incredible just to see how the gospel is so transformational yeah. because the way our kids are going to grow up is radically different than the way that we grew up. And I'm so thankful for that. Intentionally by you and him for sure. Yeah. So good. Thanks for sharing that. I love him. <laughs> we'll keep him. <laughs> we'll keep him. You know, I'm a big fan of him. You know, I'll keep I'll keep him around for, for how long have you guys been married now? Um, we're about to celebrate our four year. Oh yeah. We're like crazy. We got married after three months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. We this was like this was a weird crazy story. So we um it was so funny when we met, I had just gotten divorced from my first husband and he had just come out of like a really bad relationship himself. And so we were both like, I don't want anything serious. He was like, I definitely do not want a girlfriend at all. And I was like, okay, cool. Same Z's bro. Same Z's. But you can keep like bringing the, the Dunkin' Donuts to my house in the morning. Like you do appreciate that on your way to work. And then it was like six weeks after we like had that conversation that he proposed. And I was like, I'm so confused. Like, I thought you didn't want a girlfriend. He's like, apparently not. Like I wanted a wife. Oh. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. And he was like, I don't know. Like, I just know a good thing when I see it. And I'm not like willing to let that go. And so we started planning like this whole big wedding thing. I went home to New Jersey and got super sick while I was up there. Ended up with these like stress hives. My lungs almost collapsed. Like it was not like a good situation um they were gonna like trach me the whole like kit and caboodle and he was so panicked he was gonna drive from georgia up to new jersey to get me even though like i was flying home the next day pure panic and when i came home he was like we are not like i cannot live like this and i was like okay Mm -hmm. what does that mean you know and um i ended up like having 
So they were stress-induced hives and they like worked their way internally. And that's why my lungs were going to collapse. And so it happened again, like a few days after I got home and he watched me sit there with like, you know, the breathing tubes and everything. And it was so scary for him. And he was like, we're not doing this. And we got married like a week and a half later. Oh my gosh. And then four years later, here you are. I love that. I know. I'm like, I say to him all the time. I'm like, what were we thinking? I'm like, (laughs) I loved you then. Like I did. I absolutely loved you at the capacity in which I could love you. I'm like, but the way I love you now is so radically different. And like the way I loved you four years ago seems so naive and immature. And we like, we're reading old texts the other day. And I'm like, these are so cringy the way we talk to each other. This is really cute. I'm sure they were cute, but I was like, wow, we were such nerds. <laughs> and so now I'm like, just, it's just so funny just how radically different it is. So yeah, that's how we ended up married. I love that story. That is so fun. And then I love the like, but God, because look what he can do into different people. Okay. Tell me more about your, like after your agency, where did you go? What did you do in the marketplace? Yeah. So, um, so I ended up in, you know, the C-speed at like 26 and that also was very cringy when I look back at the stuff that I produced back then, but I felt like I had peaked, right? Cause at 26, who ends up as the CMO of a tech company? Like that doesn't yeah. make sense logically. And so I was like, I'm going to leave and do my own thing. And so I went and did my own thing, built the agency. We were doing really well. I had a partner, um, and she was in charge of sales because she is incredible, like closes at like a 90% rate. Like she's insanely good at sales. However, everybody she brought in was new age. And so as a marketing strategist, you know, I'm getting on calls with people and they're like, let me tell you about my new moon, like shaman retreat where we're going to do like yoga. And I was like, okay guys, like what is, what is happening? We're going to like chant to these goddesses. And I'm like, negative ghostwriter. It's just like, I cannot, I cannot do it. And so I was like, I got to go. Like, I just, I have to go. And so I was like, I'm going to go back to my roots and go back to blogging. Cause that's how I got my start. Like in marketing 11 years ago was through Mm -hmm. like blogging. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to that. And when I did, I started talking, of course, about faith related topics, right? Things that are passionate to me and women kept coming to me. Well, I can't disciple my kids like you because I'm not in seminary. I don't understand my Bible like you because I'm in seminary. Well, my pastor interpreted the scripture this way. Like, can you help me? Because it caused years of trauma based on what my pastor said. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's like break it down. And so I just started teaching women like how to read their Bibles the way we were in seminary and like how to, how to apply what they're reading and figure it out for themselves. Like you don't have to rely on a pastor Mm -hmm. to do it for you. And I was like, nobody should have to rely on anybody else to have the scriptures. And what I love about them is they're so simple that like my eight-year-old can understand them, but then so complex that you can spend your whole life studying them all at the same time. And I think that's really beautiful. And so I wanted women to be able to do, but like really understand what's going on, but be able to do a deeper dive if they wanted to. And not the five minute devotionals, but the dig into your word to find out what it says and what it says for you and what it says about God. You don't need your pastor or anyone else. Um, the study of the word of God, how true is that? Because we so often think that like, like, don't get me wrong. We need to be in the church. We need to be with community and fellowship and, and listen to sermons is fantastic, but like that shouldn't be our only food once a week for 30 minutes on a Sunday. And so if we're not equipped to read the word and know what it means for ourselves, then, then that's not good friends. (laughs) We're going to stay the baby food stage. Well, and that's like where 
Oh, I love that you said that, right? Because Peter, I, they, I literally just read the scripture, right? Peter's talking about being a newborn and craving milk and like the spiritual milk that you're craving to like continue to nour- nourish your body and like grow and everything. And I think that really special, but you can't, you can't do that if you don't know what you're reading or like Mm -hmm. how to apply the context of what you're reading. Right. We see so many verses misinterpreted because somebody doesn't understand the context of what they were reading. Yeah. Or we take those verses and apply it to our situation in our life, which yes, on one hand, like we can do that if we have the context of the entire scripture and chapter, you know, but there's so many times we just pick and choose like, well, this this scripture fits my narrative and I'm going to ignore the rest or whatever. And that's not how we read the Bible. And that's not how we interpret scriptures by picking and choosing. But like you said, if we have context and background, it just makes our, like our knowledge so deeper and our intimacy with him. So deeper. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think we see that so much in like a lot of like Americanized churches, right? Where they mm-hmm. take almost like, and they, right. So it's an eisegesis where you apply it to your, the scripture to yourself yeah. instead of to the gospel. But I go like, I'm like, that's like a narcissistic like approach, right? Like it's a very narcissistic view to like say, well, I'm David and all of my problems are Goliath. That is not the interpretation yeah. of the scripture, right? It's Jesus. Jesus is David, yeah. right? And so like, that's, that's, that's what it is. And so that was like, really my goal is to teach women how to do like an exegesis, right? Where you're really learning how to extrapolate what the scriptures say. Like, what did this say in Hebrew and Greek? And what was the original meaning? What was happening civilly, politically, like all of these mm-hmm. things, because that's all a factor in what was written. And especially when it comes to women, you're so right when you say that um, we Americanize the Bible, right? We make it all about us. When in fact, like the Jewish people know that the word of God is about God, like not about us. Like we, we go into scripture reading, like, how can this scripture fix my life? How can this scripture affect me, change me, whatever. When really the Jewish people go into the Bible thinking, what can I learn about God through this? How does this show me a different side of his character or more of him, you know, but we Americanize it when we just bring it back to ourselves. And as women, if we don't know the cultural context, the historical context, we just think, oh, like homegirl went to get some water and she met up with Jesus and like, it was all good. No, like that's not it at all. (laughs) Right. Negative. That poor woman was shunned and couldn't go to the well with the other women in what is it? Um, Samaria. And so, but she was shunned and that's why she couldn't go to the well in the morning with all of the women when they all went to the well, right? That's why she was alone at the well. But that like matters, right? Like you have to know the context because it matters. Yeah. And it matters when you say apologetics. Apologetics is sort of new to me. And I started reading it like, I think last year, I mean, new as in that it's its own thing. I think I've always learned how to defend my faith, but I didn't know like it had a title and a thing, but I read um, mama bear apologetics because I wanted my children to be equipped in this. I wanted to do it. And I wanted to know how do I teach my kids? Not only to like here, believe what I believe, but no, believe what you believe because you can discern it and you can defend it. Not that he needs defending, but in that way. And so apologetics is a whole new world that I'm just like have been diving in the last few years, but we as Christians, when we, how do I say this nicely? <laughs> when we take our five minute devotionals and that's all we get, or we do just a Sunday sermon. Um, those are all great things, but not on its own. We aren't able to defend our faith in terms of not defend it against people that don't believe that's not what I mean. But in terms of like, I believe this because of this, 
I know that God is true because yes, this is what his word says, or I know that this happened in history because of this. Like we have to be women that not only know the Bible, we study it and memorize it, but we're able to describe it and talk about it and defend it in a way that isn't just regurgitated to us. <laughs> yeah. I think it's helpful, like, especially with my kids. Right. So I love mom bear apologetics. They're incredible women. I love, I love them over there. Their new book is going to be amazing by the way, when it comes mm-hmm. out. Um, I got some insight onto what their new book is going to be. And it is so good. I think I can't imagine, especially right now, (laughs) like it's going to be so good whenever I think about like apologetics, right? Like I think about like my kids, right? So like if I tell them to go clean the room, it's always like, well, why, why do I need to? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Like, let me give you the reason as to why. And then they're, they're like, okay, great. That makes sense. And now I will go do it because there's a purpose behind it. And that's what I think of when I think of apologetics. It's like, what is the purpose behind it? And like internalizing it and making it personal to you. That's a good example. I like that. Why did you get into school? Like you had already done the marketing and masters. When did you go to school? I don't think I know that. And then what brought you to seminary? Yeah. So I got, um, so I did, oh my gosh, I have so many degrees. It's really annoying. I I like, I, I cannot, I hate looking at my student loan bill. It makes me very sad. (laughs) So I did both of my masters like pretty like quickly um, after I got my bachelor's and stuff, because that's the space I was in. I was in marketing. Um, I went to the journalism side and I was like the editor of a section of the newspaper for a little bit um, because I wanted to see that side of the coin. And so I got my master's in journalism because I was like, I really don't know a whole lot, but this is what we're doing. But and so I did those like for career moves. Right. But then my MDiv, I was like, I just don't know a lot of things. Like I can read the scriptures and I can understand them, but like, there's so much that I don't know. And I felt like I missed out because I wasn't raised a Christian. I really wanted to just go and like educate myself and, you know, catch up on like lost years basically for myself and dive in. And then the other thing for me, so like, I, of course there's plenty of people I could go learn from and there's conferences I could attend and all these things. But because I'm such an academic and like research-based person, I really loved the ability to like, so it sounds terrible, but like, I actually really enjoy writing these 15 page papers and having (laughs) my theology checked, you know, by people who already have their PhD in this. And so to me, I was like, this is the surest way that I can know that I'm on the right track and that I'm actually understanding scripture correctly and all these things, right? Because now I've got a peer, you know, I've got a group of people who are fact-checking me. And making sure that I'm not a moron when I'm talking about the scripture, right? Like, they're like, no, you're on track. Like, this was good. And I'm like, okay, great. I actually had a professor um, last semester. I wrote a paper and he was like, I didn't even know that like the Gnostic society like still existed and they regularly produce content and all these things. I'm like, yep, here you go. He's like, I learned something new by reading your paper. And I was like, thank yes. you. So I'm much. like, great, me too. I learned a lot by writing this paper. So, so thankful for that. And so, yeah, for me, I was just like, I need to be, this is the way God designed me, but I need to be so certain in what it is that I'm saying. And with this, I was like, I have to be really certain about what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because a misinterpretation for me could be the reason somebody doesn't come to church. Like the flip side of not or being careful is not being careful. Right. And so the flip side of that is that you do have people that are casual with the word when really it is such a cool thing and such an honor that we period get to speak of the gospel. We get to have it at our fingertips on our phones, but then us as women get to preach it and teach it. That is one thing that we are super passionate about in our neck of the world. And in your neck of the world is equipping women to do that. And so, okay. So now I want to get this part. So good to me. Let's talk about Mary Magdalene. What is this Mary Magdalene season friends? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So we hear, and maybe listeners have heard this too, but I see all the time it's our Esther season. It's our Esther season, which I do think it is, right? We are born for such a time as this. There's a reason that every single one of us was born in the, the era that we were born in. There's a purpose for us, but it like wasn't completely resonating with me. And then mm-hmm. one night, this I love these. I actually have a notebook by my bed called 3 a.m. with God that my friend Jen wrote, and it's literally for when you have these 3 a.m. moments to write your thoughts down. And so yeah. one night, God woke me up 3 a.m. and was like, it's a Mary Magdalene season. The end. Like, end of communication. Thank you. We're not. This is all you get. Enjoy. I was like, thank you so much for that very vague insight. I have no idea what that means because I still remember, I mean, growing up, even though I didn't grow up in a Christian household, like I was told Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, Mm -hmm. even though the Catholic church in the sixties said, Hey, that was a misinterpretation of scripture. That idea has permeated our culture Mm -hmm. and that's the interpretation that people have of her. And so I'm like, what does that even mean? Like what? why are we talking about this prostitute lady? Like, what what does that even mean? And then I do a deep dive and I'm like, no, 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 fake news, not a prostitute, right? Like that's incorrect. Um, And I have have so many sources on this, but you know, I was like, okay, so Mary Magdalene, right? You're like introduced to her when Jesus cast demons out. And I'm like, okay, beautiful. Love that. She's got a past, you know, she's described as a sinner, which is how they misinterpreted it as a prostitute, this word for sinner in Greek. And so I'm like, okay, she has a past, she embraced it. But no, Mary Magdalene then goes on to like walk with the apostles, right? Like she, she is with Jesus through his entire ministry. And she is known as the apostle to the apostles. Um, Mm -hmm. She challenged Peter on like, you know, what he was saying, she was the one entrusted by Jesus to go and tell the news of the resurrection, right? She was there at the crucifixion. Like she was there wholeheartedly there. She was the one hearing revelation with the men, right? Like she, she was one of the, she was like one of the first women to do that. And that to me, I was like, okay, God, like, I see what you're saying now. Like you want women who are going to embrace a relationship with you, embrace their past, right? And use it to tell the story of your redemption through them. And you're trusting women to go out and share the gospel and to hear revelation and all these things. I'm like, that is so special to me. Um, especially at a time where women were not trusted with those things, right? Like, Oh my gosh, what was the rule for like women witnesses? Like it only counted for like two thirds or something like that. Like a, like a woman's testimony didn't count for like a whole testimony in a Mm -hmm. courtroom setting. And so I'm like the fact that Jesus like walked with Mary Magdalene, right? Which was so probably so scandalous, right? And they probably faced so much ridicule, but yet they all pressed forward. I love so much about her story too. My favorite, like the first encounter in Jesus casting out the demons, she didn't, maybe this this is Sam, but she was healed, right? She had an encounter with the one true living God and she like didn't doubt it. She didn't sit around and question it. She wasn't like, was that real? Like she had an encounter with the, with Jesus and then followed him, like left her baggage, left the demons and went after him. That was always my, one of my favorite parts because she had, she had demons. She had this history. She had, you know, these sins that were very public and very, the culturally like aware, right. But she didn't care about any of it. Like once she met Jesus and she was healed, she knew who he was. She didn't doubt him. She followed him. She supported his ministry. She saw him, you know, resurrected. Like she, because of her faithfulness, she was able to like be there when he was resurrected and be there for all these like important Bible scenarios, all because she saw it. She saw him. She let him really like, she let him cast demons out. She'd let him do the things and then follow him. When I feel like, man, sometimes in my life I've been healed or something's happened and I'm clinging on. I'm like, yes, Lord, 
But then sometimes that phase, that like fire sort of fades. Homegirl didn't do that. She she followed him for like the rest of both their days. I just, I always love that about her. Like she had baggage and she didn't care. She didn't care what the culture said or the men that she would inevitably face, right? She just followed Jesus wholeheartedly. I think it's absolutely incredible. And I think that, you know, when God gave you this, right, it's, I think women who are going to be, or, you know, the catalyst for the revival in our homes and in the marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, like I talk about, we've talked about like the Proverbs 31 woman before, and like she had multiple streams of income and like still like pouring into her family, right? Mm-hmm. Her children and her husband call her blessed, yeah. right? but she, she's out, you know, buying real estate and planting vineyards and selling in the marketplace and all of these things. And then donating, right? She's like pouring her money out of abundance mm-hmm. into caring for other people. And so I'm just like, this is absolutely incredible to see what women are capable of. And I think, I think the enemy knows absolutely that women are capable of a lot, right? I think that's why he went after Eve. I think that's yeah. why every culture and every religion in our entire history has put women at like an inferior status because they know the enemy knows what women are capable of. Like, I think about it too, right? So I'm like, I'm raising boys and just discipling them, right? Like I only, I have my two boys that is who like I'm entrusted to be responsible for, right? Like Titus two Mm -hmm. model says I should be like a keeper of my home and care for my family, right? So when I look at them, I'm like the way, first of all, I need to be super educated in theology so I can be pouring into my boys so that way they're well-educated and Mm well-versed. But I'm like, I am responsible for raising this next level of disciples. That is a big deal. Like that is your first ministry is being able to pour into them, but then taking that and pouring that out into into your community. I'm like, it's just such an incredible calling. I think that we have as women. Um, And I think society, I think this is why society diminishes motherhood and being Mm -hmm. a wife because there's so much power in your home. If you allow God into it. Girl, we can go on a whole nother side <laughs> topic about motherhood and society because I I 100% believe there's no difference in the, yes, taking God out of school. I mean, the huge difference, like taking God out of school, also simultaneously encouraging women, which I worked for a really long time. I still, I still work, but um, that I worked out of the home for a really long time. You worked out of the home for a long time. Like we've done that. So if you have to, there's something wrong with that. And but the correlation between like taking God out of schools and then taking women out of the home and then the fruit we produced, right? The children we've produced and raised, like there's a correlation that when you take God out of schools and you take God and the mother and that out of the home, that it, our fruit, our children just sort of go off track. We can do a whole other thing on that. I love that you um, use Mary Magdalene because she is such a shadowed sort of, I don't know, has this thing on her, right? This, um, whether it's the prostitute or the, just not a highlighted character throughout scripture, but through what the Lord's calling you, what he's talking to you about this Mary Magdalene season, that what does that like mean for women? How can we show up and be a part of this Mary season? Um, so there's like a few things I tell people to do. So like one, like you have to first embrace your past. Mm -hmm. You have, you have to embrace it, whatever that looks like, right? Like I, I talk about this all the time, but like before Jesus, like I was 100% out drinking every single night. Um, I've done hard drugs in my life. Like I was super promiscuous, like, cause that's what my mom told me was permissible for my body. Like I was a terrible person pre Jesus. Um, 
you know, I still like served my community and did all the things. But then like when it got dark out, I was a very terrible person. And, um, and I have no problem like admitting that I was that person before Jesus. Right. And it's like, look what Jesus can do. And so I think we one have to embrace our past wholeheartedly. Um, and I think it's important to like, we, we talk to our kids about our past too. Right. So like, you know, they're getting to an age now where the conversation of sex is coming up and they're like, well, you know, my friend on the bus said that it's okay for people to do that all the time. And I'm like, well, let me tell you from experience, like it's not an okay situation. Right. Like, and I can embrace that I was not perfect before. Um, not that I am now, but like kids can see real life sanctification through me. And I think that makes all the difference in the way that we raise them. And then also giving credit to God and like giving all the glory to God for the transformation. And so one, I think we really have to like be okay with what our past is and embrace the redemption in it. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that the other way is to like lean into whatever personal revelation that you have, right? Like how is God speaking to you right now? What is, what does he want you to do? What's the calling on your life? Like lean into that, right? Because that's what Mary Magdalene did. He said, follow me. And she did without mm-hmm. question. And she was there to hear his revelation. And so what is God speaking to you, through you? What does he want you to do, right? Like pray about it, open your scriptures, like figure out what it is God is calling you to do and to be a part of. Um, and then go out and share that, whatever that is, go out and share it. We have to share the gospel. It's what Mary Magdalene did, right? She was the, she was the first one there at the, at the tomb. And so, and which I just, I seriously am just mind blown by the fact that she was the first one at the tomb and entrusted to go and share the good news of, of the resurrection. And so that's our job too, is to go out and share the good news, share, share who you were before, share the redemption, share the personal relationship with Christ and share the gospel with people share the good news of what Jesus can do for them. And I think as we do that, we're encouraged then to step into our role as a leader, right? I think there's kingdom leadership for women out there. And so as we embrace all of these things and we step up into leadership, right? We step into ministering for our family. We step into ministering for our friends, our community, in our businesses, whatever it is, then everybody else will kind of fall into line too. Um, Cause the problem started with women. And I think it's to be mm-hmm. women that change everything. Mm-hmm. We're like um, Christian feminists over here. <laughs> that we're like the Lisa Bevere's, right? Where Lisa is so good at this, but we love Jesus. We know uh, we know the roles in uh, that the world does not define, but that the Bible defines in marriage and in uh, male, female, all of that. But like we are champion of women, and you you just shared that so well. I want to just like reiterate the fact that like embracing our past, right? Your past, my past, it's not so much like, we're not asking you to sit in it and to go back to that past. We're asking you because you met Christ, just like Mary Magdalene girlfriend had issues. She had demons, she had all these things. And then she met Christ and then she was changed. She repented. Like he, like these things were cast out of her, right? There was transformation that took place. And then she went and then she like, did all the things she did. Right. But we're not saying sit in your past. We're not saying dwell in your past. Embrace isn't you've repented. You've accepted Christ. Like you are a new person, put on the new image of God. You are the image bearer, daughter of the King. Right. And then from there you go, but what happens when you embrace the past 
is that the enemy can't use it against you anymore. The enemy can't be like, oh, Lemon, you used to do X, Y, Z. I know you. I know the real you, right? He can't creep in your mind. He can't say stupid things to you. He can't cause you to doubt your identity in Christ because you're like, you know that he's already taken care of it on the cross. Christ saw our sins and took care of it anyways. Like, so that is what we mean when we say embrace. And then you had a transformation and then go out and do the things, go out and tell the people. Could you imagine what, well, we, we know that it would look like a Mary Magdalene season. If all of us, all of us, Christian women, we embraced our past. We said we repented of it. We, you know, made good with it. And we're like, this is not a place where the enemy can have foothold of it. And then we had a serious transformation with Christ. And then we told the entire world about, I mean, we were so excited about Jesus. We were more excited about Jesus than Amazon sales and black Friday and Disneyland and like anything else women get excited about. That was a bunch of stereotypes, but those are all the things that I used to get excited about. (laughs) But, you know, we were more excited than those things to just encounter people and love on people and see them, how Christ sees them and tell them like, friend, I was this person and I was really crappy. And now I'm this person because of what Christ did to me. Like how different would the world look? Would our world look, our homes, our neighborhoods, our society even, because women opened their heart, opened their mouth, stop tripping on the past. Can we say that? I don't know. And claimed their God-given identity to move forward and bring all the girlfriends with them and boyfriends, but you know, women. I love that because that is something I like harp on too, nonstop is like you, once you've accepted Christ, right? Like you've been adopted into his family. Bible says you're a co-heir with Christ, a co-heir, like let that sink in, right? Like you're called sons and daughters, right? That's women, right? We're daughters of the king, the king. That is a divine lineage. That is a divine heritage that you have. And so it's so important that we act like it. It's so important that we act like it. And so I love what you said, like when you embrace your past and you go out and share the gospel, like the, it's not a place the enemy has a foothold over anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me that I'm a terrible person and all of these things because of my past. Like I've made peace with that. God and I have made peace with who I was before I found him. And, and now I can move forward and tell my story yeah. without shame. Without shame. That's, that's huge. And it even says like scripture tells us the Bible throws it as far as the East is from the West, like. If God forgot about it, what makes you think we can, like, we have any right to hang on to it? You know, yeah. just give me my crown. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have one literally on my desk. Stop. <laughs> yes, I do. I That's a good do. reminder. I, I feel like we should all have crowns on our desk. To I do. Remind I keep, us I keep it on my desk to remind me of like my divine heritage. Here's my crown that I wear. Yes. <laughs> like to, I will wear it to the grocery store when I'm like having a day. I'm like, we're just wearing it to the grocery store. And then when people ask, I'm like, oh, it's because I'm a daughter of, of the king. And they're like, oh, okay. We can talk. <laughs> right. We can talk about Jesus, right? Like when I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's no different than when I get my milk from my Mennonite friends. Like they always talk about Jesus every chance they get. Mm-hmm. And I love that about them. And so I wear my crown so everybody can talk to me about Jesus. What an interesting, fun way to <laughs> open the gospel, but I love it. I do love the reminder of it too. And then I want to know, like, if there is a woman listening, who's like, man, living your story so great. You're amazing. But also like, like you've gotten these messages. I'm not in seminary or how can I, like, what is my first step to dig in and do what you've done? Like dig in and really learn scripture. Um, I would say learn the inductive method. 
of study, yeah. right? So that mm-hmm. is super easy. I'm going to like pull it up because I want to make sure that I like get this right. But the inductive method is just an incredible, super simple way to study the Bible. Um, And there's only like a few steps, right? So it's observation, right? So read the passage, observe what you see, gather facts, like ask yourself the five W's um, and the how, right? That it's interpretation. So what does the text actually mean, right? What was the author's intended meaning? And then application, like how do you apply what you just learned to your life? How does it apply to your priorities, to your decision-making? And like, what did you learn about God through that? Super simple way to just start reading your scriptures um, and to figure it out is like, I literally have like a sheet that I use whenever I do this. Like, all right, I'm putting in my five W's. Like who wrote this? Paul wrote this. Great. What was going on? Then? <laughs> like, so I have a full picture of what scripture is telling me. It's a, it's practical and easy, and it's a great way to get started and your freebie. Here we go. <laughs> is the theology sheets. Tell me a little bit about that. So that was born from these conversations I was having with women who were like, how do I real life apply theology for my kids? And so, or for myself. And so the freebie is like a little packet of really simple ways to have theological discussions with like friends, family, children, etc., in everyday scenarios. And like, how do you go and approach theology when you're doing the dishes or, you know, any other kind of routine task that you have going on? Like, and there's scriptures for you to reference and all kinds of things for you to reference in there, but it's just a little cheat sheet. And then it has a bookmark too with it. So you could stick it in your Bible or like, we like hang ours on the fridge because it's like a little cheat sheet. Of like yeah, stuff, so I can like quick reference it. That's so good. Okay, I will include those in the show notes below, of course. And Lemon, this has been so fun. I am going to end this like I end every show, and we're gonna do a rapid fire, just three random questions. And ready? Yep, hit me. <laughs> Favorite scripture. Oh, okay. I, I guess you start with an easier one. Sorry. Right, that was like an intense one. Favorite right now, like. You know what? I just read this with my kids tonight. It's Joel 2.28. And it's about Joel's prophecy about um, how God's spirit would be poured out over the whole world. Yes, that would be fantastic right now, Lori. That was a good yes. one. That, <laughs> that is a good one. We just did a whole hour lesson on that one verse tonight. So see, one it's scripture good. is an hour lesson. I love that. Love see? It. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that with your kids, friends. Um, okay, number two, favorite coffee drink. Um, okay, so I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh my gosh, what is up with you non-coffee drinkers? I'm your so favorite good. hot drinker. Drink no hot okay. drink. Right. So I really love like right now, especially because it's fall. I'm a caramel apple spice kind of girl. Okay, okay. I can I can sort of switch it. They stick some coffee in it, but that's okay. Um <laughs> you can you can order it as like a chai. Oh, oh, I'm gonna have to go so it's got a little spice. Yeah, I like, I do like chai. Um, okay, what is something in your life that you are loving right now? Um, honestly, just like the closeness with my family right now. Like, okay. we've just been in, we like come, we're like coming out of a really like rough season, um, mm-hmm. due to something external, and it's all it's done is make us closer. And so like, we're all just like, so annoyingly happy. Like I kind of hate spending time with us a little bit because we're like annoyingly happy, happy with each other right now. Um, and so that that's where I'm at right now. That's like what I love is this like tightness that my family seems to have. 
Well, my boys just got baptized. That was really special. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. yay. Yeah, two weeks ago, oh, right the day before Halloween, they got baptized and that was really special. And so it's That's totally changed the way they have the church related conversations with me. Um, Cause now they feel like they're officially church members and can have deeper conversations. And that's really cool to have. Mm, I love that. I didn't know that. Congratulations, mama. See, you're Thank doing you. some work. <laughs> Man. So good. Okay. Friend, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and coming on and equipping us and empowering us to be some Mary Magdalene's in this season. I appreciate you friends that are listening make sure you check out the show notes and make sure you go say hi to lemon. All right, friends until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in before you go quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username abundant woman co come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured until next time.